Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You're listening to Wannabe Minimalist with Deanna Yates, episode number 154. On today's episode, I'm talking about how to avoid decluttering burnout. If you've ever been overwhelmed with decluttering, then you will not want to miss this episode. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you joining me today. And if this is your first time here, well then, welcome. I hope you find lots of helpful information today and want to come back for more. But before we get into this conversation, I have a couple housekeeping items to discuss. Let's start with the more fun of the two, shall we? Last week, I hosted a giveaway with my guests from Hand Me Up. They gave away one free mix and match wardrobe bag to a lucky listener, and I am excited to announce that the lucky winner is Bailey Hollister. Congratulations, Bailey. And if you did not win this time, please do not despair. Hand Me Up is actually offering $5 off their wardrobe bags for kids when you use code wannabe5 at checkout. Again, that's W-A-N-N-A-B-E, the number five at checkout. So if you are looking to try out a capsule wardrobe for your kids the easy way and want to do it in an even more sustainable way with secondhand clothes, head to handmeupshop.com and use code wannabe5 at checkout for $5 off your first bag. And that brings me to my second piece of housekeeping. You may have noticed that I changed the cover art for this podcast. And uh, yeah, that's because I have a new cover image because after almost a year with a new business name, I have decided to also change the name of this podcast from wannabe minimalist to wannabe clutter free. There has been some confusion on how to find me on social media and on my website because of the names being different, that they're not the same. And so it was time to reconcile that and put everything under one name. I hope you love the new name as much as I do. And I 
after hearing from so many of you, being clutter-free is really what the game is all about. And it's really for me, and I know so many of you listening feel that way too. It's not about living with the least amount of items or the bare minimum. It's not about deprivation. And so for me, it's more about making better and more intentional decisions about the stuff that I let into my life and my home. And stuff is just a tool to use. And so my hope is that I can encourage you to use it more wisely as well. So from here on out, you will hear me refer to the show as Wannabe Clutter Free, but please have patience with me as I change the name in all of the various places and locations where it lives in the world. You will probably be finding references to Wannabe Minimalist for a while as I make this transition. And so with that, let's get back to our topic at hand today. This might be a little controversial coming from someone who would consider herself a declutter coach and a mentor, but I actually do not believe that you can live in a constant state of decluttering. We need breaks from decluttering, just like we need rewards from hard things. There's ebb and flow, there's hard and soft, there's yin and yang. And I am not saying that we should go on shopping sprees and then big purges, But we should also understand that a continual state of big decluttering is going to lead to burnout. And that is why I want to discuss avoiding decluttering burnout today so that you can actually continue to make progress on your journey without suffering the pitfalls of taking on too much. There are seven points that I want to make today, but quickly, if you like what you hear today, can you please leave this show a rating? You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a comment for this episode if you're listening on Spotify. And your comments, reviews, ratings, they make my day. I love hearing what you take away from the show and what you can use in real life and how it's helping you. And uh, if you have any constructive feedback, I take that as well and listen to it. And if you want to grab the show notes for today, you can get them on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 154. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 154. Okay, so now with all of that housekeeping out of the way, let's get back to the point um, about avoiding decluttering burnout. Okay, so the first point I want to make is that I don't want you to try to declutter your whole home in one go. Now, this might have been possible when you were younger or before you had kids. In both instances, you likely had a lot less stuff. I know that was the fact when I was younger. I mean, I could fit everything that I owned, especially when I was in college, in the back of a pickup truck, right? So moving was super simple. We have moved lots and lots in our life, and I feel like every time we move, we always wonder where all the stuff came from. So if you felt that way in the past, don't worry, you are not alone. And I, there's even come times, I've talked about this story a lot. We traveled a couple times as a family, and when our daughter was one, we took off with not knowing how long we were going to be gone. And so we actually sold about 90, 85 to 95% of what we owned. It's hard to say how much we actually got rid of. I do actually have, I did have a running spreadsheet at the time, but you know, everything we owned fit in a five by eight storage bin. And so I know what it's like to get rid of stuff. Now that was a big declutter session. It took me months. It was almost a full-time job for months. And so even with that, where we got rid of so much stuff, it took a lot and I couldn't do it all in one go. There is, It is impossible for you to declutter your entire house in one weekend. Sure, you can go through your home and declutter things from your entire home in one weekend, but to be done with the entire project in one weekend, it's just unrealistic. And you are setting yourself up for failure if you feel like that is a goal that you can attain. 
If you hear people talking about this, this is probably because they didn't have that much stuff to begin with, or they don't have a family, or they're younger, and so they haven't acquired half a lifetime of stuff along the way, or they haven't inherited stuff from family. So there's lots of different things that we have to take into consideration, and we have to learn how to have grace with ourselves while still making progress. And so that's really what I want to talk about in today. And so it starts really by just knowing you're not going to do it all at once. And so what do we need to do? Instead of thinking for this big project, we need to start by breaking it down into smaller segments. Now you could break your home down into zones. You can break your home down into rooms. But even at that, I want you to break those down into smaller spaces. It might seem counterintuitive in the beginning because I know you're thinking, but I have all this stuff I wanted to clutter and I just want it all gone now. I get it. But I promise this is a much better way to make long lasting progress. Because if you, just like with a fad diet or something where you're trying to make these big sweeping changes, it's much more likely that you will yo-yo, right? It's much more likely that you will get rid of a bunch of stuff, miss a bunch of stuff, go out shopping and try to come, try to fix it and fill in the voids that you're feeling because you feel like, oh, I, I did too much. I shouldn't have done that. And so that's what we're avoiding when we make these smaller changes and we take it room by room. So how do we do this? Well, I want you to think about the space that you want to declutter and then break it down into smaller areas. So for instance, if you want to declutter your bedroom, you can break it down into the following spaces, the nightstand, under the bed, a dresser, and then even your dresser can be broken down into each drawer in that dresser. You can break down your closet or you can declutter your closet, which then can be broken down further into clothing categories or spaces within the closet. So you can say, I'm going to do the top shelf, the middle shelf. I'm going to do the top bar, the bottom bar. I'm going to do the pants or the shirts. See how there's different categories within each of this, these spaces that we're talking about. So this is step number one. Know that we're going to not do our whole house. We're going to break it down into spaces. Just that concept is step number one. Step number two is to actually create a list of all of those areas that you want to declutter. Now, one of the things that causes me to feel overwhelmed is when I try to keep everything in my head. I create this running to-do list and it just kind of lives in my brain. And if I don't get it out of my brain, it makes it really hard for me to actually get started or make progress because I am constantly reviewing that list right? It's, it's constantly there. It's tick, 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 tick. I'm just thinking, what do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? And the funny thing is that I am absolutely going to miss something if I try to keep it in my head, right? And the point is that I don't, that I'm trying, I'm reviewing it because I don't want to forget something. But if I don't get it out of my head, I absolutely will forget something. It's a practical guarantee that something will get missed. And that is what leads to the overwhelm and the burnout. This constant feeling that I'm missing something, that I'm not doing something, that I forgot something, that something is falling through the cracks. And so it stresses you out, right? And stress leads to overwhelm and overwhelm leads to burnout and all the things. So in order to avoid this, I will actually write out a list of every space that I want to declutter. Now, if you're starting out, this is going to be every space in your home. And me too, even though I've decluttered a lot over the years and again and again and again, I will still write down every list or every space in my home that I want to declutter. 
I'm going to give you an example in a minute, but you can write this list out on paper or you can keep it digitally on your phone or your computer. Whatever works best for you is the system that I want you to use. There is no right or wrong. Some people really enjoy having a digital version of it. Other people really work better when they have paper and they can check it off as they go. So you just pick what works for you. Just pick one and stick with it, okay? So how I do it is I actually walk around my home and I actually look at all the spaces because if I just sit at my desk and I think, okay, where do I need to do it? Inevitably, I'm going to miss something, right? So I take it with me. Like, so if I'm doing it digitally, I'll just put it on my phone. If I'm doing it written out, I will have a pad of paper or a notebook with me. And like, so for instance, let me walk you through my house. So let's start at the front door and then I'm going to scan from left to right. So in our house, I would write down, okay, as I'm coming from left to right, I'm going to write down, there's the little space that can sometimes become a dumping area right next to our door. So guests might put shoes there. Our daughter sometimes will forget to hang her backpack up and it ends up there or like her violin stuff will end up there. So looking at that space, making sure nothing is there. And then two, brainstorming, is there a better way for me to put some organization things there that's better? We'll get to that in a second, but that's just one space that I might write down. The next would be our coffee table. It has storage in it, so that's going to be a space to declutter. I might list the end table that's next to the couch. That's the next area that could hold stuff. Then we have our entertainment shelf. So that's where our TV is. It's like a bookshelf. So that's got two shelves there. Then I could list any bins or baskets that are in the space. I've actually removed most bins and baskets from our spaces, so I don't really have these, but a lot of people would have a bin or a basket. Then moving from left to right, I'm going to actually encounter our entryway. So then I'm going to do the entry shelf that has two shelves on it. So I could do one shelf and then the other. I could do the whole shelf depending on how much stuff I have. And the next is going to be our entry closet, which again, I'm going to need to break that down even further. So I could do coats, I could do tools, shoes, and wrapping supplies. Those are the things we keep in that closet. They're all a little bit different. So depending on my stuff constraints and my timing constraints, I might just do one little section of that. And you're going to continue doing this for each space in your home. Now, I know that sounds like a lot because at the end, of course, you're going to have this super long list and you might be thinking, okay, this is really overwhelming me. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. And if we stopped here with just this list, the super long list of all the spaces we have in our house, of course, it's going to be super overwhelming. But the next step is going to help us make sense of this list, okay? So first, we need to understand we're breaking down our house into smaller things. We're not doing it all at once, and we're going to be very methodical how we go through it. Number two, we're going to actually make that list. And then number three, we are going to create a priority list and actually separate these items into areas that are easier and tougher spaces to declutter, Now, there is no shame in recognizing that some areas are going to be hard. Some areas are just going to be hard for you. And on the flip side of that coin, there are going to be some places that are easier for you. And I don't want you to feel bad about some places being easier. I know that might sound weird, but I do know that some people feel really guilty for not feeling attached to certain items. So we're just letting all that go. We're just saying, we're just observing. This is hard for me. This is easier for me. Now, we all have our own likes, wants, needs, preferences. What might be easier for me could actually be harder for you and vice versa. So how you prioritize this list that we have, this giant list we made, is going to be up to you. But I want you to make sure that you understand that priority means one. We are not going to be working on five different places at once. I think a lot of our overwhelm and burnout comes from trying to do too much at the same time. 
and multitasking, right? So we are going to go through this list and we're going to say, this is an easy space. This is a hard space. Easy space, hard space. Maybe there's going to be a medium space here or there, right? You could come across those spaces. But this is just going through and saying, I think this one is going to be pretty easy for me. And I think this space is going to be really hard. And this way, we will be able to kind of oscillate and switch back and forth between those two. That way we can do an easy space when we're having a tough week or a tough day. We can do a harder space when we have a little more energy and we can really tackle it, right? I recommend that you start with an easy space, especially if you are just starting out, so that you can get an easy win under your belt, and then you can go back and forth between the hard and easy spaces. I know a lot of us think about tackling these hard spaces, especially when we first start. We think, oh, I gotta, it's almost like we're a glutton for punishment. We're almost saying like, I I need to do these hard spaces, but It doesn't work that way. Every space is equal. You just have to kind of work through them. And if you can get rid of more stuff by going through these easier spaces, that's actually a much better win than forcing yourself to deal with these hard spaces because you feel like those are the spaces I should be tackling because decluttering should be hard, right? I think a lot of us get fed that message and it's not always true. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. 
That's Clutter under Podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, so again, once you have your list of items in your home, it's separated out into easier and tougher spaces. The next part is to remember to address only one space at a time. And this goes back to my 15-minute decluttering method, where you can just declutter one area a day in 15 minutes. So if you have 15 minutes a day, and I guarantee you do, we all do, we spend these 15 minutes in a variety of ways. We could be looking up things on Instagram, doom scrolling, fixing tougher meals than we need to, right? So maybe we simplify the meals we make. Maybe we just have a moment where we tell our family like, hey, I need 15 minutes and you just need some time. I know we can carve out 15 minutes a day. And so this is why we broke our space down into these individual spaces. And we did this list of easy and hard so that we can make progress right away. This is how you avoid overwhelm and burnout. It's with these small wins along the way. It is so incredibly satisfying to be able to check off boxes on that to-do list. And once you have one space that feels decluttered and under control, it is so much easier to make progress in another area because you can say, look, I did it. And you have proof. Your brain has proof to go back to to say, you know what? I was a success and I can do this because I did that space. So now I can... I know I can do this space. Even if that first space was easy, you still can say, hey, I did that easy space. I can do this one that's a little bit harder. I can I can do hard things. It's okay. You can do it. And so one of the issues that I used to struggle with was flitting all over my house. I would start a project here and I would start a project there and I would never finish them. And it would feel so defeating. I was putting in all this time and energy into decluttering, cleaning, tidying up, but our home still felt disorganized and messy. And so once I committed to finishing one space, no matter how small, I was able to celebrate that space and see it as a win. That built up some positive energy. And then I was able to take that with me into the other areas of our home and actually into the other areas of my life. So instead of ending a day and feeling like, you ask yourself, like, what did I do today? Like, right? Okay. <laughs> it's the end of the day. My head's hitting the pillow. What did I do today? And then you feel kind of bad about yourself and you sit there and you maybe you'll spiral a little bit out of control, feeling really guilty that you didn't finish anything. Well, I was able now to start checking things off, right? I was able to say, I decluttered this space or I decluttered that drawer. I got rid of 10 things that we actually never use. Or I found a home for those pens that are always lying around, and yet we can never find one when we need them. I gave them a home today. And so now next time we need a pen, I'm going to know exactly where to go. And you start to feel better about yourself. And you can feel how these little wins build up your self-esteem. They make you feel better, and then they make you feel like you can tackle more things. And so can you see how that would create better energy and help you avoid feeling overwhelmed, which then leads to burnout, which then leads to you not wanting to do anything? Exactly. So the next thing I want you to do in your home in order to avoid decluttering burnout is to actually stop when you finish a space. Yep, you heard that right. I want you to take a break and celebrate your success. 
Now, please do not use this as an excuse to go out and buy more stuff. So avoid shopping as a reward, right? We were talking about kind of the yin and the yang, and I don't want you to declutter just so you can go shop. That's not the point. We're trying to make our homes a place where we feel peace and calm and stuffing it with more stuff is not going to do it. So instead, I want you to plan in for some self-care or call up a friend to meet for lunch, or better yet, maybe you can even invite your friend over and celebrate your cleaned out space. Now, this might not be what you want to do on the first session of decluttering, right? If you just decluttered a junk drawer and no one's going to see it, which by the way, I like to call them utility drawers so that you remember what you put back in there is actually stuff that you're going to use instead of just junk you're keeping just in case, Little side note there. But having, like, once you start to get these wins under your belt, inviting people over to your space might just motivate you and actually motivate them to declutter too. So then you can cheer each other on and you can, as you make progress, right? And then I want you to remember a few things as you're going through this. So this is pretty much, those are your four steps. You're going to kind of look at your home, know that you're not doing it, get your mindset that you're not doing everything at once. Make your big list um, of all the spaces in your home, whether you actually will declutter them or not, at least the spaces you have and where things can, it'll start for you to remember like, oh, I could put something there. That could be that place's home because maybe I don't actually have anything in there or that's not where I should be putting some stuff, right? So just get your brain working. So list out all of your spaces, then prioritize those spaces based on easy and hard, and then just do one space at a time, okay? And make sure you're finishing each space and then celebrating as you go about it. Was that five things? I think that was five things. <laughs> so one point I want you to remember as you're doing this stuff is to remember that decluttering is not organizing. So when you are decluttering, you are actually letting go of stuff that you don't need so that you can focus on the things that you do, right? Things that you, the things that actually matter to you. You can focus on the things that you use. You can focus on the things that make your life better or those things that you just really enjoy having. And it gives you more space. It gives you more peace of mind. And it just lets you focus then on the bigger picture things, right? The time with your family, the time with your friends, your hobbies, things that like just jazz you up. That's what we're really after. We're not just getting rid of stuff just for the sake of getting rid of stuff. We are getting rid of stuff so that we can live the lives that we actually want to be living. And that means decluttering is not organizing. Like putting things away and making them pretty, that is great. That is wonderful if that jazzes you up. But if that is not what lights you up, it does not matter. You do not have to put stuff in pretty bins. You can just declutter it and let go. And that will make such a big difference in your life. Organizing might make it easier to find things later on, but you cannot organize your way out of overwhelming chaos. Too much stuff for you is too much stuff for you. So the only way out is to actually let it go until it's easier for you to manage and you can keep track of it and it just doesn't overwhelm you. So if you struggle with the stuff in your home, there is too much stuff. All right. So that is one point to remember. And then the final point I want to leave you with in order to avoid burnout is to remind you that you need some support. This could be from your family members if you are lucky enough for them to be on board and up for helping you out. I know that's not always possible for everyone, but I promise as you start to go through this, I've seen it time and time again, as you actually work through your areas and your stuff, your family will become more on board. They will understand, they will see the process, and they will be more likely to jump on board with you. 
Okay. So we're going to start from a point of ourselves and we're not nagging our family to get on board, but if they're on board, fantastic. That's the best support system you can get because they're right there in your home living with you day in and day out in this stuff. But if it's not them, you could also get help from your friends. You can get help from your inner circle. That is great. I know a lot of people are also not comfortable asking other people for help. So if you struggle with asking people to join you in your cheering section, I would actually love to be in your cheering section. I would love to be a resource for you. So you can join our community on Facebook. It's the Wannabe Minimalist family. It is still Wannabe Minimalist over there. Or you can DM me on Instagram. Over there, it is Wannabe Clutter Free. You can see why I'm changing the name. There's lots going on. But please, please, please come on over, send me a message, ask a question, let us know what you need help with, and we will be there for you. Myself or the community, everybody is really understanding with encouragement and just love for each other. So I really love that. We've built a really great community over there of help and understanding. So please come join us if you are looking for help and you're not really ready to reach out to your in-life real people around you, we are happy to be there for you. And so with that, I actually want to turn it to you. I want to know, have you been burned out by decluttering before? Do you think these tips would have helped? What was the one thing that was holding you back? Or what's one of the things that you struggled with the most? Like I said, I want to be here. I want to be a resource for you. So please come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. There will be a discussion thread for this episode. There always is. Or you can come over um, and leave a comment on Instagram. Again, I want to be clutter-free on the platform. And either way, I would love to chat with you in the comments. And as always, I will have links to additional resources and a transcript for this episode on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 154. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 154. So head on over there for my free resources, including an avalanche declutter challenge. And I just had the nicest testimonial come in for the avalanche declutter challenge. So Cassie said, I wanted to let you know that this has been such a great way of decluttering before our move in a few weeks. I have been able to catch up on days that were too busy and have definitely already decluttered far more items than the days suggest. I am so looking forward to how much easier this move will be than the last one. Plus, I've been able to give away a ton of stuff in my neighborhood, no buy group, which has made me feel a lot better about its likely use than taking it to a Goodwill or Salvation Army. Thanks again for putting this together. Well, Cassie, you are so welcome, and I love hearing that kind of stuff. I'm so happy that the Avalanche Declutter Challenge has worked for you. It is one of my favorite ways to declutter, so if you are in need of a challenge, head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 154. And I will have the links for the avalanche declutter challenge there in the show notes. And so that wraps it up for today. With that, I hope you have a fantastic day. I will see you back here next week for a guest interview with Terry Crawley about the importance of sleep. She has some great tips on how to declutter our bedrooms and why we need to make sleep a priority. The information is really enlightening. And I think in a decade or so, We are going to look back at our lack of sleep as a society like we look back at how much we embraced smoking in the 50s. It is a fascinating conversation, and so make sure you check it out. You definitely won't want to miss it. So subscribe if you're not, so you'll be notified of when that comes out. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free, formerly Wanna Be Minimalist. See you next week. Cheers.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.